All right, we will be in Matthew chapter 7 to start today. Matthew chapter 7. What a fun week this has been so far on Sunday. Um, if, if you don't care about sports, then you won't know this, but uh, baseball playoffs have started, and when you get to the playoffs, you do everything that's necessary to get through. So a lot of teams will, uh, with pitchers, I don't know how much you know about baseball, with pitchers, they usually have one that starts, and he'll pitch anywhere from five to seven innings. And then they'll bring in what they call the bullpen, and they'll pitch. Uh, one guy will come in and pitch an inning, another guy will come in and pitch an out, and then another guy will come in and get two outs, and then they'll pitch the last inning, whatever it may be. And they kind of work through it. And sometimes in the playoffs, because of uh, you don't want to be eliminated, uh, they'll change things up. And the way baseball is currently, I'm, there's a point to all this, uh, the way baseball is currently going, is you might have a guy that comes in, instead of pitching five to seven innings, he only pitches two or three innings. And they'll bring another guy in that'll pitch two or three innings. And they'll kind of piece together uh, a game uh, worth. And they call on everybody to come out and give a little bit so that the team can have success. And today that's kind of what we've seen in our church uh, with uh, folks being gone. Uh, Adam's month to teach Sunday school and he's gone uh, today. So Tyler jumped in and taught Sunday school. Uh, Miss Kathy is gone. Uh, uh, on a cruise and uh, so Brett and Cherith pitched in on the piano as well and uh, it is as a pastor it is truly encouraging to watch people jump in without hesitation and uh, and get involved uh, we pastored a church uh, larger than this and it was harder to get people involved in it than it is to get people involved here there were people that did get involved and, uh, but it was harder to get people involved to do things uh, there. And uh, I think some of that is based off of just they didn't have a mature pastor. And uh, so maybe that would have helped a little bit. You guys have a slightly more mature pastor than they did. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, thank you so much for being willing to get involved and, uh, and help out in areas that we need you to help out in. Maybe not on a regular basis, but we needed you today. And you did, and I appreciate that very much. Um, I was... Uh, um, I'll brag on him a little bit with Tyler. Last week, I, I said, Adam's going to be gone. I said, you want to teach Sunday school? And honestly, what I expected to hear was maybe some stuttering and stammering, maybe some excuse for why it wouldn't work out. And immediately he said, sure. And uh, that surprised me. And I said, that's great. And I was excited about that. And I thank you for that. And uh, Cherith did the same thing with the piano. Uh, Brett, he doesn't have a choice, so it doesn't matter. I just tell him you're doing it, and he does it. But, um, but the rest of you, I would have eventually gotten around to telling you you're doing it, but I didn't have to because you guys were so willing to jump in. So thank you uh, very much for that. It really means the world <clears throat> to me. It's a huge encouragement uh, to have that in this church. Uh, today and over the next couple weeks, um, I'd like to talk to you about prayer. Prayer is kind of our focus uh, for the year, our annual theme, Call Unto Me. And, uh, and this is um, what I have been taught my whole life on prayer. I'm fortunate the way that I grew up um, to grow up in ministry, uh, in a camping ministry that was not, uh, they were willing, as I've told you many times before, you don't want someone to preach and get up and say, this is the way it is because I say so. Don't ask questions, just trust me. And I'm thankful that I grew up in a ministry that not only taught um, things, but they, they gave explanation for why. And uh, when it comes to prayer, this is what I have been taught my entire life about prayer, and I believe it's biblical. We're going to look at a lot of Bible verses. 
Um, and uh, and I, I know some of you have, have heard this uh, before or read this before in a book, uh, but uh, I'd like to present it to you today um, about prayer. What is prayer and why do we need to pray? I think sometimes, um, especially people like me who've grown up in church and we've heard the same terminology our whole life, we oftentimes take for granted um, that maybe not everybody is as aware of these things as, as, as we are. I know I'm, that, I'm guilty of that. Uh, again, my life is very different than most people's life. I grew up uh, every summer, I mean, you're talking about services, they had services uh, Sunday through Friday, uh, multiple services each day. I wasn't in all of those services, but I was in a lot of services. Then I, I grew up traveling. My dad uh, traveled for four or five months out of the year. It felt like at least that we would be with an evangelist and they would be in meetings. And so we would be in services um, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of services. And so I grew up hearing these things and being taught these things, not just Sundays and Wednesdays, but oftentimes Mondays through Fridays as well. And, and I take for granted sometimes the things that I have been taught and now know that maybe not everyone else has been taught or knew these things. And so prayer is something as simple as talking to God. Um, when I have the privilege of, of sharing the gospel with someone and they accept it, and, uh, uh, and I share with them, okay, now what we're going to do is I'm going to have you pray and, uh, and kind of explain, um, go through, review again what we've just talked about and uh, make sure that they understand it and uh, we're not, when there's no magic prayer or anything like that. Um, but I always, I, I ask them to pray and I ask them to pray out loud and every single time it's the same result. It's this starstruck uh, gaze in their eye of going, wait a second, I'm supposed to pray? I've never done that before. Um, and, I, and a lot of times people will say, well, I'm just going to, if it's okay, I'm just going to pray to myself. And I say, I say, well, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind praying out loud. And, uh, and I try to encourage them with the simple, simpleness of prayer. Prayer is just talking. It's, it's a conversation with God. Um, and that's how we pray, is just to talk uh, to God. Uh, but, but prayer is, is important to understand what prayer is. Prayer is as powerful as anything else. Uh, that we can do. There's nothing more powerful than prayer. Why is that? It's because prayer is talking to God, God the creator of the universe, God the omnipotent, the all-knowing, the uh, omniscient, the, the, the God that is everywhere, that sees everything, that uh, has access to everything. We are talking to God when we pray, and prayer truly does change things. Uh, prayer is powerful. So we have to understand what prayer is, and then also why we should pray. And it's all very, very biblical. And that's what's most important. Look in Matthew 7, starting in verse number 7. Uh, yes, verse number 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. What is prayer? And why should we pray? Lord, I pray for your help this morning. These are things that I have heard um, my entire life. And I believe much of it has been applied in my life, although there are times that, uh, that I do lack. But Lord, I pray for your help this morning as I present this, that I would not take for granted what I know. And God, I pray that you would uh, reveal your word to us today. Make it real to us. Teach us. Grow us in the area of prayer. Help us to understand it better so that we'll be more faithful in doing it. And God, I pray that as I present these verses that I would do it 
clearly and correctly. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When women go shopping, I don't know if you know this or not, when women go shopping, they can go out all day long and buy nothing. They can be happy with that, which always has baffled me a little bit. Uh, they go out and they walk around and, and they walk out of the store empty-handed and go to the next store and walk around for a while and walk out of the store empty-handed. and They go on and on and on and after a few hours of this, they get in the car and they go home and say, Honey, what did you buy when you went shopping? Nothing. So you didn't go shopping. <laughs> right? You went looking, uh, but not shopping. When a man goes shopping, uh, they go in, they get what they want, and they leave. Uh, now, this can vary sometimes on some things. Um, if you go uh, firearm shopping, it can take a little bit of time, looking, holding, uh, uh, imagining in your mind how cool you look with it, uh, those kinds of things. But... Um, <laughs> Outside of that, and then putting down that one and then buying the one that's $3,000 cheaper uh, than the one you were just holding. Um, it's this way with instruments. I don't go instrument shopping very often, uh, but uh, back when I bought my last guitar, uh, you know, you sit around and you play with the ones that are really expensive and think, boy, that'd be really cool. And then you go and buy the $200 guitar uh, instead. But uh, typically men, when they go shopping, they know what they want. They go in and they get it and, and they get out. Uh, grocery shopping for me, especially if I have a list, goes very quickly. Um, and grocery shopping for my wife, even with a list, it takes more time. Not always a long time, but more time. And, uh, and we see that oftentimes, so it's a kind of an easy example of prayer. Prayer should be like men shop. You, you know what you want, and you go get it. Uh, that's really as simple as it can be. Um, if you pray not expecting to receive your prayer, uh, uh, then it, it questions, are you praying correctly? Uh, prayer, as I've said uh, multitudes of times, prayer is asking, and the answer to prayer is receiving what you asked for. That's when you get that, that answer to prayer. Um, prayer is asking, it's, as this verse puts it, seeking, knocking uh, to, to, to receive. And when you knock on a door, you expect someone to answer. We have appointments at work or we schedule out a time frame that we can be there. It's usually a two-hour time frame. And uh, we set it up with the, the person that we're going to, to, to be working on their house. And so when I pull up to the house and I get out of my truck and I knock on the door, I expect someone to answer because we've scheduled this time. There are times when people don't answer. And that's always very frustrating. But, uh, but most often or not, I go up to the door and I knock, expecting someone to answer the door. And that's what prayer should be. When we go to God seeking, knocking, asking, we should go expectantly that God is going to answer our request. The Bible says you have not because you ask not in James. Prayer is asking. There are two Greek words uh, for ask in the New Testament. One means to ask or inquire, and the other word, uh, uh, prayer, means to ask, to crave, to desire. Prayer is asking. Both words that are used in the Greek come out to the same definition of asking. That's what prayer uh, is. So, so what is prayer? Prayer is asking. What is it not? Prayer is not praise. And again, I, 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 we're getting very technical today. 
Uh, all right, so don't get too uh, discouraged by this. But we're getting very technical on what exactly prayer is. And sometimes I also want to do a message, and I'm not ready for it yet, on worship. Uh, because today the word worship gets thrown around a lot. And I don't think anybody understands exactly what it means. Uh, but uh, prayer is not praise. In Psalm 50, verse 23, the Bible says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Praise is a good thing. We should praise God. But that's not what prayer is. Uh, Psalm 150, verse 6, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So we ought to be praising the Lord, but in, we praise Him separate from our prayers. Because prayer is asking. Praise is good. But it's not prayer. Um, uh, prayer is not adoration. Adoration, again, is good, but it's not what prayer is. We ought to adore God. The Bible says whom the angels adore. We should adore God, but that's not what prayer is. Prayer is asking. Prayer is not meditation. Prayer is not meditation. Uh, we should meditate. Psalm uh, 1 verse 2 talks on this. To meditate on God's Word. Uh, it's important when we do our devotions, and I hope you're doing this daily, when you read uh, God's Word, uh, uh, something that will motivate you. Maybe not. It motivates me, helps me. I have a Bible app on my phone. Um, it's the common Bible app that I can't even think what it's called anymore. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I have it, and it keeps record for me. On It has a streak. How many days in a row you opened up the app? Now, I guess you could just open up the app and not read, and it would count. But, uh, but nonetheless, it shows me the streak, shows me perfect weeks that I've read, uh, read every, every day of the week, Sunday through Saturday. Um, it shows that as well. Uh, yesterday, I failed to read my Bible. And I didn't even think about it yesterday. I got up in the morning, I uh, got ready, took the boys to eat breakfast. Uh, we made a video, uh, and uh, then we watched football. Uh, and that was my day yesterday. This morning I got up and, uh, and, I, and I opened up the app to do my reading on the app. And I, as soon as I hit the, the button on my phone, I went, oh no, I didn't, I didn't read yesterday. I've lost my streak. Uh, how sad. I cried a little bit. Started a new streak. So my streak now is one. Um, but, uh, but if you're having struggle uh, finding the motivation to get into to God's Word, Find a way that'll help you. Uh, grab somebody in the church and ask them to keep you accountable, to text you every day, hey, what did you read? Those kinds of things can help as well. Those are great, great uh, uh, tools that you have just with the people here in the church family, but that's another option. Anyways, all of that to say that we should meditate on God's Word, and as we're reading God's Word, we shouldn't just read it, but we should read it, pray on it. You can pray on it first and then read it and then pray on it again or read it first and then pray on it and ask God to teach you something from it and then throughout the day use what you've read and be thinking about it, meditating, bringing it back up again in your brain. We should do all those things but meditation is not prayer. Prayer is asking. Prayer also is not confession. Um, should we confess our faults and our sins to God? Yes, we should. And I believe that oftentimes in prayer we ask for forgiveness, and so that is part of prayer. But ultimately, confession is not prayer. Daniel confesses his sins in Daniel 9, and then after he does that, he prays, the Bible says. Confession is good, it's necessary, uh, but it's not strictly prayer. Prayer is asking. Prayer is asking. You know, if we confess our sins to God, but we don't ask for forgiveness, what have we accomplished? Nothing. Uh, prayer is 
asking. The Bible prayers, if we look throughout the Bible and different prayers in the Bible, we will see that they are asking. Matthew 6, we're right here, look in verse uh, 9. Matthew 6, verse 9, says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. So the, God is giving a model prayer here. This is not one that we are to recite, although I don't think it's wrong to recite it, but it's not here given to us for the purpose of reciting. Catholics recite prayers, and they think because they've recited the prayer, they've done good. This is a model prayer, a prayer that will teach us how to pray and so that we can pray properly. Uh, so continue in verse 9, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we see kind of uh, seven things here, six things here in this model prayer that are given. He starts off with, Hallowed be thy name. Or it's really a question saying, May I speak reverently to thee and not take your name in vain. Um, the name of God is, is a very important name. So much so that the, the, those who penned the Bible, who translated the Bible, oftentimes would change out their pen anytime they were writing the name of God in any form or fashion. They understood the importance and the reverence behind it. Today it's used so flippantly. You hear it constantly taken in vain. And here it's this, hallowed be thy name. May I understand the reverence of your name, of who you are. Because God's name, names and the names we use for God represent who God is and the character of God. And it's the understanding of I'm saying your name, I'm using your name, and I'm doing it reverently. God, may I use your name reverently. Uh, thy kingdom come. And thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, the second coming, I request that Jesus may come quickly, uh, that he will uh, reign on the earth and put down his enemies, an understanding of what is to come. And again, this is knowledge we learned from the Bible that now we're using uh, as well. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, provide for me uh, my daily needs. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, an understanding of forgiveness and asking God for it. And again, we're not talking about forgiveness today, although that's been on my mind recently as well. I may preach on that sh uh, soon. Uh, but again, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, even the same mindset of when we forgive our debtors, Lord, forgive us. Um, God says in verse 14, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And the inclination there is that if you don't forgive others, don't expect God to forgive you. Why? Because when we ask God for forgiveness, we're saying, God, forgive me of my sins. We need to get specific about that. What sins do you need forgiven from? There are times that maybe we don't fully understand and we say, God, uh, I've done this before. God, whatever sins in my life that I'm not thinking of right now, God, please forgive me of it. But God says, you're asking for forgiveness, but you're unwilling to forgive someone else. That's a sin. You're not asking me to forgive that sin because you haven't taken care of it yet. And so forgive us. Uh, uh, our, uh, as we forgive those who have, who have done us wrong. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Guidance. Asking God to keep me from that which is wrong and to lead me to that which is right and deliver us from evil uh, going right along with that. And so this model prayer consists of requests being made to God. Prayer is asking. There's a number of other examples in the Bible. Prayer is, is like, as we've already read 
in the past sermons, a man knocking at the door saying, friend, lend me three loaves. It's an example that God uses for prayer. And he says, I have a, a, a friend that has come through. I don't have anything to feed him. Please lend me three loaves. Another example is a widow before a judge saying, avenge me my adversaries. And she is asking for the help of the avengeance of, of, of what was going on against her. Luke 18, the publican prays, God be merciful to me a sinner. He's, he's, he's asking, requesting, understanding, I need mercy. God, please be merciful to me. Matthew 14, Peter in the sea. We looked at this last week. Lord, save me. That's a great request. He was in trouble and he needed help. And, he's, and he, he asked. That's a prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's a short prayer. It's a direct prayer. Lord, save me. Mark 10, Bartimaeus says, Have mercy on me, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He's requesting a specific need. Uh, Luke 23, the thief on the cross says, remember me. Uh, that's, the thief on the cross is an incredible picture, an incredible uh, uh, instance in time uh, that we'll look more at in the coming weeks as well. Uh, when we don't ask God, we are showing that we are dependent on ourselves. Why do I pray and ask for God? We'll look at why do I pray more in just a moment. But, uh, but when I don't pray, I'm not asking God for the things that I need, for the help that I need, for the forgiveness that I need, for the mercy that I need, for the grace that I need. When I'm not asking God for it, then what I'm saying is I don't need God's help or I don't want God's help. I'll do it on my own. I'm dependent on myself and not on Him. So my advice for prayer is don't pray like women shop. Pray like men's shop. Know what you need and go get it. Ask God for it. Prayer is asking. So why should we pray? This is, uh, anytime you ask why about a biblical matter, the answer is always this simple because God says so. It's not, a, it's not something that we like to hear a whole lot because we, we think that we need something deeper and something more theological and all of those kinds of things. But it really is that simple. Why should I do this? Because God says so. And God insistently commands uh, in the Bible that we pray. Um, I have typed out a bunch of verses because we've got so many of them today. Normally my notes are a page to a page and a half long. Today they're five pages. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to roll through these today. I'm going to read them to you. You can write them down and go back and look at them if you'd like to. Um, it is our duty to pray. Luke 18.1 says, And he spake a parable unto them, to this end, for this purpose, that men ought always to pray. We, God desires for us to pray. Um, we've talked about this before, but have you ever been annoyed by someone and when you see them coming, you think, oh no, they're going to talk to me. <laughs> oh man, I made eye contact. They're going to talk to me. This has happened my entire life. When you, when you grow up at camp and you've got thousands of people that come through every summer, uh, there are certain people that you see them come and you go, oh no, I made eye contact. I'm not going to say any names for fear that they may possibly ever listen to this. Um, I doubt they will. But nonetheless, uh, there are just certain people. You, it's not that you didn't like the person, although there are those people too. It was just that you knew that you just didn't want to have a conversation with them. Um, you wanted to be the, hey, how you doing? Good. All right, see you later. And be out the door. And, uh, and they come across the way. God is not annoyed by us coming to Him and asking Him for our request, God desires that we come to Him. He says, I want you to come talk to me. 
I want you to come ask me for your, uh, for your, to provide for your needs and to help you in the areas you need help in. He desires that all men ought to pray, and he took time out of his schedule to teach this to his disciples and to those uh, that were with him in Luke 18. 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.17 says, uh, Pray without ceasing, continually looking to God throughout the day, being in that constant mindset of prayer. It helps us in all kinds of areas. It helps us with temptation. If we're constantly in the mindset of prayer, it'll be hard for temptation to sneak into our mind because we're constantly talking to God. It also helps us with our worries and our concerns because I don't have time to be worried about a situation when I'm already talking to God about it. Uh, pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Literally, God says, bring everything to me. That's encouraging because, again, who is God? When we understand who God is, it changes how we pray. Who is God? And God says to us, be careful for nothing, have no concern for, uh, worry, stress over, the, uh, over nothing. But in everything, the, the terminology is on purpose. He's not exaggerating. We will exaggerate sometimes when we speak. Uh, my kids do it all the time. You never let us have fun. What did we just do five minutes ago? <laughs> right? You've, you've been there. Uh, you never do this. You never do that. Sometimes a husband says to his wife, you never. And she'll say to her husband, you never. And of course, anytime you say that, they immediately respond with, do you not remember? Uh, you know, my wife says, you never clean the dishes. That's not true. You were gone for a week. I cleaned a dish and it was all good. Uh, we exaggerate with the words never and always and all. God does not. He says, be careful for nothing, for anything, but in everything, every means all, it includes everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. We should be praying for others as well as ourselves. We ought to be out praying for our leaders. We ought to be praying for our church family. We ought to be praying for our family. We ought to be praying for our co-workers uh, and those that we love and those that we dislike. We ought to be praying for. Ephesians 6 verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. All prayer and supplication in the Spirit, all perseverance and supplication and all the saints. We should be praying for each other, always uh, praying for each other. I hope that you take time. We've, we have slacked greatly over the last number of months with our prayer slips, and I've let it go. Uh, but I hope you're still praying for each other. And I've just, I've let it go assuming that everybody's still praying for each other. Pray for each other uh, in the church. Pray for, uh, there are certain needs that you know about, and there are other ones that you do not know about, but pray for each other. It's okay to ask someone, to text someone, to message someone, and say, hey, is there anything I can pray for you uh, this week? I do that with our missionaries. I'll send them a message every now and then. I, I need to do it more than I do. Uh, but I'll just send them a message. Hey, is, uh, thinking about you today, is there anything I can pray for you about? 
Um, I get text messages occasionally from, uh, from friends that will text me, hey, you were on my mind today. What can I pray for you about? Um, and that's a wonderful thing that we ought to be doing uh, on a more regular basis. Matthew 25, verse 41 uh, says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the, flea, the flesh is weak. We wonder, well, God, why am I constantly being tempted like this? Because your flesh is weak. And so we need to go to God consistently, constantly. Watch and pray, it says, that ye enter not into temptation, to keep us from temptation, to, to help us to have victory over the things in which we are tempted in. When we do not pray, it is a sin. It's a sin of disobedience because God says do it. And if you're not doing it, then you are in sin because you're refusing to do so. And so why should we pray? It's very simple because God says so. Uh, we should pray all the time for everybody, for everything. You say, well, boy, that's a lot of prayer. Yep, it is. Do it. Uh, I have found in my life, when I, start, when I sit down for the purpose of just prayer, I start praying for people. Now, usually I'll pray for my family, and then we'll start praying for the church. And then as I'm praying for church, uh, for church folks, uh, other names pop into my mind. Go to missionaries. And then from the missionaries, it's other missionaries that I've met or that I've gotten emails from or that I've talked to on the phone that we don't support, but they're, they're now on my mind. So I pray for them, and as I pray for them, it brings me other pastors. And then from that, it brings me, and my mind starts to go, and the next thing I know, I can't stop the list. <laughs> it's, it's ever-growing, and there's more people to pray for, and, and we ought to be praying for people. Um, you know, sometimes at work, I don't know how, how all your works uh, are. I can, I can put headphones in for most of my, my day. Not all of my day, but for most of my day, I can have headphones in. And so I'll listen to podcasts or, uh, or different things. And, and, and in doing so, and there are times where uh, I take the headphones out because I don't need the noise, I need the quiet. And I can begin to pray, and I can pray for myself, and I can pray for the things that are burdening me at the time. And, and go through those things. We ought to be praying at all times for all people, for everything. Why should we pray? Because God commands it in the Bible. Why else should we pray? That should be the only reason we need. But why else should we pray? Because prayer is God's appointed way for Christians to get things. God, why don't I have this? Maybe you sit there and you just wonder, why don't I have this? And why don't I have that? And why can't I seem to get this? Well, the Bible says in James, you have not because you ask not. But prayer is God's way for Christians to receive what they don't have. Uh, James 4.2, you lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, you, you have not because you have not. You do all these things to get what you want and you don't have them. Why not? Because you haven't asked for them. <laughs> well, I've I worked overtime to save up the money and I still can't afford it. Why don't you ask God? I, I cut this out of, out of my life to, to give more time uh, to this relationship and yet the relationship still isn't working. Well, did you ask God? You have not because you ask not. No, no matter how hard you work on your own, at the end of the day, you will still be wanting more because you have not yet asked God for it. Farmers work hard. And that work can be 
Uh, it can be for nothing if a drought comes. Or if a certain bug comes in. Or if a storm rages through and destroys everything. You see, hard work, although it's important, hard work cannot attain the things that God can give you. You have not because yes, not. Uh, John Rice, who, who I'm taking much of this from him, he wrote a book called Prayer, Asking and Receiving. And I'd have you read it, and, I, and feel free to look it up online and buy it. Um, uh, it, it says all of what I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, John Rice is the uncle of the founder of the Bill Rice Ranch, and uh, it was basically raised him. And then Bill Rice, the founder, uh, taught his son, Bill Rice III, these things, who taught his son, uh, Will Rice IV, these things, and Bill Rice III, Will Rice IV, taught me these things. But John Rice tells a story once of a man who was unemployed and who came up to uh, John Rice who was preaching in a service and, and he said, I don't have a job, I need a job. And John Rice asked the man this, if God gives you a job, will you serve God? Sometimes we, uh, we're asking for things and yet the life that we're living and we go to God and say, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, give me, give me, give me. And yet the life that we're living isn't one of obedience to God. God says, I want you to have these things, but, uh, but you need to serve me. We don't reward kids for their disobedience. We hope we don't. And yet we still expect God to reward us when we're disobeying Him. It's important that we, 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 we come to God with the things that we need instead of living the life the way that we want to live it and trying to attain the things on our own. <clears throat> God can do uh, and oftentimes does things uh, by use of human means. Uh, I say that in medicine. We pray when people go to the doctor and have surgery. You've heard me pray before. Give the doctors wisdom. Can God heal without doctors? He can. And He does. But God also will use doctors uh, to heal. And God will use medicines to help us recover. Does He have to? No, but He does at times. God may use an employment agency to provide a job. God may use a job to provide the finances that you need. Sometimes, especially if you grew up um, and are around an atmosphere that, that pushes Christian colleges, then you've heard the stories of Christian college students who are in Bible college and they couldn't pay their bill and they prayed and, and suddenly a check showed up in the mailbox and, and it was provided for them. I, I never had that happen. But God's always provided for me the, the means necessary to get the finances that I needed to do the things that I needed to do. Uh, I appreciate David Peach, who was with us a while back now, came in on a Wednesday, was traveling through and stopped in and talked with us on a Wednesday night. Um, Dave Peach is a missionary. He works with the deaf. Um, and, uh, and he has helped many churches uh, start deaf ministries and things like that. And I remember David when I was, uh, um, I probably would have been 14 maybe at the time, and he was speaking in a devotion, a morning devotional. 
and at camp and and uh, and he told the story of I was in college I couldn't afford to pay my bill and my roommate was in the same situation and we both prayed my roommate got a check in the mail <coughs> excuse me roommate got a check in the mail um, and uh, I got a job and sat out a semester and worked my job God provided for me just like he provided for my roommate uh, the finances that I needed to go back to school but it just it was different in, in how he provided it but yet he still answered both of our prayers and God uses different means to provide uh, for the, the needs that we have and God doesn't have to use means but uh, he oftentimes does uh, but what it all comes back to is this you have not because you ask not why should we pray because God says so because it's God's way of providing for the Christian, of giving the Christian what he needs. Also because prayer is God's way for Christians to have fullness of joy. Uh, satisfaction is, is something that I think we fail to truly comprehend nowadays because we get satisfied so quickly in today's world. Um, you want to know what the next episode is? You can stream it online and you can watch the whole season in one sitting if you have that kind of time. Um, before, you had to watch it this week and wait seven days for it to come back on the next week and see what happened. So we get that satisfaction very quickly. Um, and food, now we don't even have to get out of our jammies. We can call or get on our phones and have someone deliver us food from any restaurant, it seems like. We can't, they don't come out to us, but nonetheless, not important. Um, so satisfaction is, is changing, the, we're changing the way we think about satisfaction, but at the end of the day, that's all temporal, it's all short. And God says, I can give you fullness of joy, and you can have that through prayer. Prayer is, uh, I'm sorry, Christians ought to be happy. Uh, there should be a difference in Christians' lives. They, they should not be the grumpy, mopey people. Christians ought to have joy in their life, and we can have it because, and ultimately because, we're seeing our prayers answered. It, it's hard to not be happy when you've asked God for something and He gives it to you, right? It's nearly impossible. Uh, John 16, 24 says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive for the purpose that your joy may be full. Uh, uh, we see that a child and a father, a father will give everything that he can to his child as long as it won't hurt him. A kid might ask for something and the, and the dad says, no, you can't have that because the dad understands it'll hurt the child. Um, in making our video yesterday, uh, we, we used guns and we used chainsaw, a chainsaw. Neither one of those things could have hurt my kids the way we used them. Uh, there were no bullets in the gun. I checked it multiple times and we did not turn on the chainsaw. And, uh, and so we had fun with it still, but yet my kids will ask, can we do this? And I'll say, no, well, why not? Because you're not yet at the, the age uh, or the responsible, uh, responsible enough to where you won't get hurt. And so we're very cautious with those things. So I want to give them everything that I can, but if it's going to be harmful to them, I, I don't want to give it to them. That's why I don't understand parents who say, well, I'm going to get off topic. Uh, I'll finish my thought, but it's not part of this sermon. Uh, I don't understand parents who say, well, I mean, my kid's 18 now, so uh, I guess he can do whatever he wants. Or my kid's 16. I've heard that too. My kid's 16, so, you know, I mean, I did that when I was 16, so I guess I'm going to let them do it. That's stupid. Uh, if it's going to hurt them, we do everything in our power to make sure they don't get it. And just because you made a silly mistake 
doesn't mean you should let your children make the same silly mistake. We are responsible to raise our children in the way they should go, not in the way we went. Whole another sermon. Uh, wives uh, whose husbands buy everything that she wants. Um, but you know what? A, a husband, as much as he wants to provide everything for his wife, he, he can't give her good health. There is uh, that helpless feeling when you're with a loved one and there's nothing you can do for them. Uh, we watch this with my grandmother with cancer. We know this with friends who are going through it with their children. And, and they, they want to provide and they want to give and they want to help, but there's literally nothing they can do except for pray. And we go to God because we cannot be satisfied on our own. When we cannot have joy on our own, there's too much heartache and there's too much hurt in this world. God says, ask so that I can give so that you can have fullness of joy. So that you can have that, that, that true joy. Fullness of joy depends on how much one prays. It really is that simple. Um, quickly, we're running out of time. Why should we pray? Because prayer is the way out of all trouble. It's the cure for all worry and anxious care. Prayer is the way to get things, but it's also a way to get rid of things. Uh, back in, uh, again, Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. We are to pray for everything. In verse 7 it says, The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You have cares, worries, stress. Take it to God and get rid of it. Uh, worry is a sin. Uh, it's the exact opposite of trust. And so we need to trust God and give it to Him. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon me. Uh, Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy burdens upon the Lord and He shall sustain thee. If we have problems, don't worry about them. Take them to God, trust God, and let God take care of it. Prayer is the way out of all trouble. Number five, uh, prayer. We, why pray? Because answered prayer is the only unanswerable argument against skepticism, unbelief, and modernism. Uh, that's, a, that's a wordy definition for you. Hebrews 11.6, uh, we need to remember, uh, we must believe that God answers prayers for those who diligently seek Him. You say, well, I prayed about it. When? You don't have to have a long, elaborate prayer, but, but how long did you pray about it? Uh, did you pray with faith that God would take care of it and answer it? Or did you pray and say, boy, I sure hope He does it. That's different than faith. That's different than trust. Uh, prayer is the only way that we can uh, get around the skepticism. Uh, we have to diligently seek God. How do we uh, answer to an atheist or to a modernism? Well, we, uh, to someone who is, uh, believes in modernism, oh, it's by having our prayers answered. Uh, when, when someone says, uh, well, I know you, you're going through this horrible, tragic event, how in the world can you be smiling? Someone who doesn't believe in God, when you say to them, well, because God's helped me. And because even though I'm going through this, I have God that gives me love, that gives me comfort, and gives me peace that, that I couldn't have without Him. Someone who claims to be an atheist is going to, I promise you, they're going to go home thinking about how that works. Um, Elijah on Mount Carmel, his pleas uh, uh, to, uh, proved who God was by sending the fire down while all the other uh, Baal worshippers uh, screamed and cried and hurt themselves and never saw an answer. 
Daniel had proof when he was put in the lion's den. You see, the proof is in the pudding, so to say. When we're praying and God is answering our prayers, it will come through in our life and others will see it. Why pray? Because prayer is the only way to have the power of the Holy Spirit for God's work. We cannot do what God's told us to do without God's help. And we can't have God's help unless we ask for it. Unless we simply go to God and pray and ask for it. Verse, uh, Luke 11, verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? I love this verse because I know as a dad, I know where uh, the, the sins in my life and the sins that I've committed, and I know that I still want to take care of my kids. How much more does a perfect God in heaven want to take care of you? And how much more willing is He to do so? Uh, D.L. Moody said, It's foolish and wicked to try to do God's work without God's power. We just can't do it. God says reach the world. If we're going to go out and try to do it on our own, it won't work. And that's why we have to be so aware of our missions philosophy. Because there are missions groups today that want to go over, and we've talked about this a lot, and they want to give water, and they want to give shoes, and they want to give clothes. Yet they're not seeing lives changed. Why? Because they're not going with God's power. They're going with humanitarian help. And those things are good and helpful. And I'm, I have nothing against taking people water and shoes and clothes. But what's the purpose if we're only helping them uh, uh, to, to satisfy temporary needs? We're not helping them with the gospel. We need God's help to go out and change the world the way that God says can, it can be changed. Um, we can study through Acts, and we've done it before, and see this point as well. Uh, why pray? We're almost done. Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not a prayer that saves people. It's important to understand that. It's, there's not magic words. It's not if I don't say it this way, then I can't get saved. It's not those things. And we've said it many times over, and Ephesians tells us it's by grace through faith that we are saved. And the Bible says that if we'll call upon Him, which means we're placing that faith in the grace that God has offered us, then we can be saved. The dying thief on the cross, again, his simple, it wasn't his prayer, but his prayer was, remember me. His heart was, God can save me. The other thief on the other side, what is he doing? Why aren't you bringing us down from here if you're God? Why don't you save me, take me off of this cross and spare my life? The, I believe, repentant thief on the other side saying, I deserve to be here. He doesn't. And his, his faith in his heart that God could save him did. Faith saves by grace, not a formal prayer, um, I don't want to bash on people today. We'll, I might come back to that another day. Um, but we see a few things here today. What is prayer? Prayer is asking. Are you asking? We ought to praise God. We ought to adore God. We ought to thank God. But we're not praying until we're asking. God, forgive me. God, help me. God, provide for me. God, give me courage. God, give me strength. God, give me boldness. God, help me to forgive these people as they have hurt me deeply. Prayer is asking. Why do we pray? We pray because God tells us to. That's, that really should be enough. But we also pray because it's God's way of getting, giving to us. 
uh, us getting the things that, that we can have because it's God's way uh, for Christians to have fullness of joy because uh, a prayer is a way out of all trouble. Uh, it's crucial. Uh, because uh, answered prayer is a way to battle against the skeptics that you come across every day. Your coworkers know certain things that you, that you have, certain needs that you have. They don't know all of them unless you tell them everything. Um, but uh, typically they won't know everything, but they'll, they'll know when you're going through a hardship. If you have uh, health issues or family members go through health ships, usually you share that with people. Uh, maybe you miss work because of it or different things. So they know these things and they can tell a difference between a praying Christian and a claiming Christian. Someone who claims to be a Christian as opposed to someone who prays like a Christian is supposed to. And, uh, and we have these things that can help us when we're trying to, we love, we love people and we're trying to share the gospel with them. Um, we'll pray about that. Uh, but pray about everything else in your life too and your gospel witness will be much more effective because you've been praying the way that you're supposed to. Ask God for the things that you have need, need of and do it the way you're supposed to. And uh, allow God to, to, to show you himself through the answered prayers that you have. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray that you'd help us to pray the way that we're supposed to, that we'll be more faithful in our prayer life. Lord, that we would not trust ourselves uh, to provide for the needs that uh, us or our family has. But God, that we will simply depend on you uh, for the needs that we have. So Lord, help us to be what we ought to be when it comes to prayer. Lord, help us to understand who you are so that we will pray uh, like we are supposed to. God, help us today with the needs that we have. Um, answer our requests. Thank you for the answers to prayer you've already given us. Uh, but Lord, help us to be faithful and bold in going to you uh, because you are the one that can give us what we need and take from us the things that we don't need. Uh, Lord, help us to stop our worry and our fear and have true trust and dependence on you. So help us, I do pray, uh, that we can live for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.